Welcome to Season 2, Episode 11 of The Amen Corner. I'm Brad Rothschild. And I'm Stephen Cook. This is our second post-Thanksgiving episode. I know. We had Thanksgiving 2016 and now Thanksgiving 2017. Thanksgiving 2016, we were pretty (laughs) shell-shocked over the election of the orange... The the orange blob. Twitler. (laughs) I'm telling you, dude. I love that name. The Time Magazine tweet is fucking demented. Did you see it? I'm going to pull it up right now because I'm sitting here with two computers. Oh, you're really technologically advanced. I am technologically advanced. No, it's because Mia's got a Mia's got a friend sleeping over, and I got kicked out of the uh, I got kicked out of the usual studio. So I'm in the uh, uh, I'm in another studio. Our studio our studio has been shut down. Yeah, by by two nine year olds. <laughs> Wait, I gotta find this dude. It's just it's so yeah. insane that he's a crazy man. He is. It's nuts. It's co- I mean, but this one, this one, I this. think this might be the the craziest one yet. I know that's saying yeah, a lot. So hard to say. That's so hard to no, say. No, no, no. Okay, so here's the tweet. Here's the tweet from the president of the United States. Time magazine called to say that I was all caps probably going to be named man for end person of the year like last year, but I would have to agree to an interview and a major photo shoot. I said probably is no good and took a pass. Thanks anyway. Okay. And 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 we know that this is not true because, because Time, Time Magazine Time then Magazine. tweeted the president yeah. is incorrect about how we choose person of the year. Time does not comment on our choice until publication, which is December sixth. Now, why? I, look, I get it. The guy's a fucking liar, and I'm sorry to use the F word, Mia and Mia. Oh, fuck. He's a liar. Yeah. Yeah. But he's a liar. Yes. We know this. He lies about pretty much everything. But why lie about this? Like, why is his ego that fragile? I mean, the, the answer obviously is <laughs> yes, his ego is that fragile. That he needs to tell this lie. And make himself feel better that he may or may not be Time Magazine's Person of the Year. Now, the crazy part of this is, I don't know, 30% of the people in this country are going to believe that this is right? <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but here's the thing. Yeah. Here's the thing. Yeah. There's nothing else going on in the world. There's nothing, oh, sure. there's nothing happening. So this is 300 Sufis didn't get murdered in a mosque yesterday. Yeah, like 300 people <laughs> murdered yeah. in Egypt. Uh, yeah, we still have matter. North Korea is going on. Syria, we're, we're about to, yeah, we're doing about to on, this, on this tax reform tax, bill. I mean, it's gonna, there is so, yeah. and this is what this is what the president of the United States is worried about. Well, he's also in a Twitter feud with the Lavar Ball. Yeah. But but but, yeah. but this is this is his preemptive strike that he's not going to be person of the year, right? Exactly. So he is tweeting now for the thirty percent of the people who are brain dead who believe what he has to say, and so they'll say, "Oh well, you know, he didn't want to sit for the photo shoot, but otherwise he would have been." Brain-. I mean, this is fucking insane. I mean, we it we, is insane. We were talking about it this week. I was stretching after a run and I had the TV on. 
and it was on CNN for some god unknown fucking reason. And they were doing that focus group of Trump supporters. Oh my god, I watched that this this week also, and it was also crazy. Crazy. These people are so stupid they don't even know they're alive. It's fucking insane. And, you know, it is, and this is the difference between existing and living. Right? Mm-hmm. They exist. They all live. Right. Because essentially, one of those guys said, no matter what, he was going to believe. What <laughs> no, matter what. no matter what. No matter what. All evidence if he said the, the moon was made of green cheese. Yeah, I would have to consider that that's that true. That was true. Anything yeah. that Donald Trump says. Like, what the fuck? Where does that come from? You know, it comes from this place where people, there are certain people who feel that they need to rely on the great leader as the big, the big daddy. They need to feel that somebody out there has their best interest at heart, somebody bigger and more powerful than they are, and is taking care of them. It's sort of like religion. Uh, yeah, you, you know, you took the words right out of your mouth. It's like, it's like the grand rebbe. You know, the, yeah. the, the, the rabbi, he, he makes the decision for you so you don't have to think or, about anything. Or God. God. <laughs> Donald, Donald that, Trump, that God, that God is watching out for me and making sure that everything is going to be okay. Oh, orange one, we bow before you. I mean, like, dude, it, that focus group thing was nuts. And then they said, they wanted to know, what was the thing the guy said the, the big problem was, was mainstream? I, I don't know. I think what pe- these a lot of these people were rebelling against what they considered to be political correctness, and we've talked about this before. Means. Whatever that means, no. What it means is they just want to be free to be express racist views without yeah. with with basically with with impunity, without public opprobrium. Racism is okay. Uh, of, of any kind. Basically, what, what people are saying when they say I'm tired of this political correctness is I don't care about your feelings. Right. So I am in the majority. I've got, I'm white, Christian, male, straight. So if I say something that offends you, too fucking bad. you got to deal with it. Right. Exactly. But God forbid you say something that offends right. me or do something that offends me. They're a bunch me. of fucking so, snowflakes, these people. So did you so see... taking the, a knee Taking a knee during the national anthem <laughs> is offensive to me, and you're hurting my feelings, my feelings. and you're disrespecting the truth. The flag. So the flag. Yeah. The flag. Yeah. I got news for everybody. You know what? The flag is a piece of cloth. It's material. No. You stop that. Mm-hmm. No, I got news for you. That's what it is. No, it represents our freedoms. And it's this like is what my. This is why my father went to the army for the flag. <laughs> That's why he fought in Korea, because of the piece of cloth with stars and stripes on it. No. He fought because they drafted, they drafted his ass. <laughs> and he didn't have a choice. <laughs> but it's fucking... So this, this brings up that, that very good article that we both read this week by that guy Adam Sewer from, from, oh, yeah. from The Atlantic. Adam Sewer, who I believe went to Vassar. Um, but behind me, shameless, shameless, shameless plug for, for them. He's a very, very smart guy. Yeah. Grew up in the DC area. His dad's a former diplomat. I've tangled with his dad a little bit over some issues, but, but, you know, no, that doesn't take anything away. That's, that's how the world goes around on ideas. Anyway. Um, and basically 
that article said, let's not kid ourselves. What this is about, this whole white nationalism thing, it's all about racism. Yeah, I mean, and that's what it boils down to, is that, you know, one of the things, I think it's time for people to come around to the idea that one of the founding principles of this country was white supremacy. Supremacy. Um, And I know that nobody likes to say that or think that because this is the greatest country in the history of the world and we believe in freedom for all people. We're the exceptional nation. The indispensable exceptional nation. Spread the fairy dust. But here's the thing. This, This is the thing that is amazing. Is that people are so racist to the core that they're willing to put up with so much shit that the GOP is willing to shovel all over them. So the tax cut that's really a tax hike on their base, uh, taking away health care from their base, uh, this net neutrality thing. The The net net neutrality thing, this guy, Ajit Pai or whatever his name is, this is about... This is about, first of all, all of a sudden your, your access to the internet is going to get more expensive and what it will well, then do because you're going to want to pay for other things, it's going to provide more detailed information about who you are and what your habits are that your internet service provider uh, can now sell to whomever to make money. What could what could possibly go so wrong so with that? while this guy Ajit Pai or whatever his name is is talking about innovation and so on and so forth, it's really it's so about nonsense. monetizing your porn habits, um, or whatever. Nobody is going to monetize my porn habit. I'm so, tell but you people right are willing to put up with this because because Trump in Trump we trust because Trump makes yeah, it okay for us to be racist motherfuckers. Right, but it also plays into this notion of personal freedom that we have in America, right? right? Like, oh, no, no, any sort of regulation is somehow impinges on my personal freedom, and taxes do damage to my personal freedom because I worked hard for everything that I have, and why should the government get any of it? And there's this, like, weird belief among a certain segment of the population that that's true. And that you don't need any public goods, like highways right. or schools. Well, so all those schmucks, fire all those schmucks who, are, who are Trump voters who have to get in the car and go to work every day, they have to, they have to navigate these crumbling roadways and bridges. Uh, you know, the, the, the super wealthy, the Steve Mnuchins... When they're not, you know, pilfering, you know, rides from the Air Force, um, they fly private. So, you know, That's it's right. easy. You go out to you go out to Teterboro, you get on your plane, and you fucking go. You don't have to deal with guess the what? bullshit that the but rest of us have to deal with. But, but but guess what? It's not just that they fly in their private plane. They don't send their children to public no. schools either. No. So if the public school system is crumbling, what do they care? Right, well... What do they care? I've said I've said this before. If 100 people per year in New York City decided that instead of spending 45 to 60 thousand dollars a year on private school for their children, they were going to send them to public school and get involved 
in improving the public schools. You know what? Within five years, we'd have a great oh, public school system. Without a doubt. City. Without a doubt. If all those people in D.C. sent their kids, yeah. who, you know, they sent their kids yeah. to, you know. Friends. Friends and Marais and Cathedral yeah. and all these places, yeah. just like in New York. DC, and, and D.C. public schools have actually improved, but can you just imagine, but... You know, the, New York City has great public schools. The problem is that the budgets get cut every right. year, and the resources are limited. So what happens is that PTAs need to go out and raise money so you can have things like a music program. But, and you know, school. and dedicated teachers spend their own money. But guess yeah. what? In the tax and, plan that oh, yeah. everybody's supposed to get four thousand dollars, which is total utter fucking bullshit. Um, yeah. Teachers can no longer if you if if you're a teacher in an elementary school. Or middle school or high school in a public school, and you spend your own money. Yeah. You're you're shit out of luck, man. Yeah. Too- well, what do they care? You know what? You should either send your kid to a charter school or consider homeschooling right. them because that's what good Christians do. <laughs> but it's amazing. But that. But think about it. Think about all the shit that the GOP will shovel on their base because the base it. just wants to be. Racist assholes. I hate to boil it down to that, but I think well, you know the sewer article really is. is something that we've been talking about for a really for a really long time. Is that the opposition to President Obama, who was really a moderate, was based on the the color of the man's skin. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, why so I don't have much to be thankful for this year. Well, let's put it out there that, you know, obviously we're thankful for our families. Okay. So Definitely. Less Goes without saying. Less, less none of them think that we are not. You know, what else do we really have to be thankful for? You know what? I was thinking about this, and we do have something What's to be that? thankful for. We should be thankful for the fact that we are allowed to voice our opposition so freely. True. I'm 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 thankful for for that for now. For now. 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 Because really, that does speak to the freedoms that we do have. That you and I can get on our show and we can get on. We can still be conscious of the nation. And we can serve as a conscious of the the nation. And I don't need to worry about being thrown in jail tomorrow morning. Because, as you know. Though there is a journalist who's on trial in D.C. for. Participating in or, or reporting on is a photojournalist. He did some questionable things, but on inauguration day, right. he was taking photo and video of anarchists, and he got swept up. And again, he did some questionable things, but he's a credible journalist. And the questionable things he did was he didn't he didn't write graffiti on the walls or smash right. anything up, but he took photos and video of it and he seemingly was approving of this but he himself did not take part in this yet he is being prosecuted that is chilling fortunately this this still remains the exception I mean this is one right we're not in Turkey yet Um, but you know this is one of the things that we obviously need to be on the lookout for and that we need to safeguard above all else that if we don't have this right to sit and spout the bullshit that we want to spout, <laughs> then we're in real trouble. Well, just look at uh, the attacks on the press. I mean, it's the logical next step. Yeah. Is, is, and I've said I've said this since the inauguration last year. 
This is when you know that it's time to get the hell out, when they start to arrest journalists. journalists. Yeah, when journalists go to jail on a regular basis, pack your bags. And I I will tell you, you know, this it sounds alarmist to people, but I think that the like I said, over and over again, like we've said over and over again, this doesn't happen overnight. It happens slowly, 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 and there are justifications for it. And you 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 have people in the White House who think like fascists. I mean, I think it's absolutely, I think it's absolutely hilarious in a bad way that three weeks ago, a month ago, every journalist in, political journalist in Washington woke up to the fact that General Kelly is a fascist. I have been saying this since April. I told you when I saw him at the University of Chicago, he was, I was horrified by the things that he was saying. There's a couple other journalists who are, you know, more, who are lower profile, who I've been in touch with about this and who understood this over a, a longer period of time. But, you know, that's the next possible thing. I mean, yeah. that can happen is don't question us. We know what's best. That was Kelly's exactly. attitude. Kelly's mm-hmm. attitude towards this, that congresswoman. I mean, come on, the utter total disdain for democratic norms. It's not being alarmist to be concerned about yeah, what might happen why, to journalists in this country. Yeah, well, we have to be vigilant. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a radical suggestion Please right do. now. What would happen if we got rid of Twitter? Oh, God, I'd be so happy. What would happen if Twitter didn't exist tomorrow? How would the president be able to communicate with his, with his rabidly racist base? <laughs> What, you know, it, it, everybody I know who's on Twitter, I don't care whether they have three followers, 37,000 followers, 100,000 followers, a million, they all hate it. They all understand how divisive it is, how it brings out the absolute worst in people. I have gotten into, and I'm, I'm you know, I'm an active user. I think when I first started using it six or seven years ago, it kind of lent itself to my, you know, snarky cynicism about the world. But then I found that there were times, and, you know, 140 characters, it's hard to be nuanced and stuff. That it, 280. It, it, you know, now it's 280. It's worse, right? It's, it is worse. Um, it brought out, at times, the worst in me. And that, yeah. you know, I have followers, who, people who don't know me, they're not you, they're not my family. They're right. not, so they would, they would, I would think, like, oh, my God. They, they thought, what an asshole. I, I remember the thing that really shocked me too, I got into kind of a, a Twitter war with um, a guy who's an analyst of Iraq. Who's a, turns out he's a very, very nice guy. And we had this like disagreement. I don't even remember what it was about. And then it sort of shook me and I said, God, I'm being such a dick. And that's not who I am. Yeah. And I private me- and I direct message him. I'm like, hey, I think we got off on the wrong foot. I absolutely respect what you have to say. I think our disagreement is minimal. Turns out he's, a very, he's actually a really nice guy. But it brings out the absolute worst in people. Yeah. And now it's been leveraged politically uh, by the President of the United States. And it's been weaponized. It's been, it's been weaponized. weaponized. That's the right word. So what would happen if we took away this weapon? I, I, first if of all, it would free up yeah. a lot of time for me. That would be well, good. That's true. 
Yeah. Secondly, yeah. I do. I do have to say though, I get a ton of information from Twitter. Well, that's the thing is that I, I've become. You know, I tweet out my work. If I'm if I have some free time, I will you know get on there and be snarky or offer an insight or two. But, but the best thing about it is news. it's a great feed for yeah. interesting articles. I mean, how many times a day do I see something on Twitter and I send it to you? Yeah, a decent amount. Right? So, is there some way to turn Twitter, turn off people and just keep the kind of... It's like an RSS feed. Yeah. Uh, you remember when um, Gabby Differs got shot? Yeah. I found out about that thing on Twitter, right. like before it was on the news. Right. Before CNN had it, it was right, on Twitter. Right, that's right. So... How do we keep what's great about it and get rid of what's terrible about it? It's so terrible, too. Because it really is terrible. It's It's a horrible... If you ever ever scroll through some of these strings, the vitriol... The vitriol is terrible. It's really offensive. Like, people have no problem just, you know, attacking ad hominem... Right. Attacks on other people. I think people. historians are going to look back on this era of Twitter, less so Facebook, but and think how people like went completely mad, and all you know, kind of norms went out the window, and you could just felt like you could get on and like shame people and yeah. say whatever you want. I mean, but look, a guy was elected president because, because of Twitter, and he keeps up this this drumbeat of absolute utter nonsense yeah, and the thing so is there's a certain there's a certain evil genius about it like he wasn't going to be the person of the year he knew it he was pissed and then so it why would rile up his base why does he even care that because he's, he's a fucking crazy narcissist I know I know these are these are rhetorical right, questions but you would think you would think that like it's enough you don't need to win this every year right. do you he wasn't. Was he person of the year last year? I thought it was Bannon. I'm sh- I don't know. What's Fuck. the difference? Whatever. But you're. But that's exactly right. I mean, we were discussing this. We were discussing this earlier in the week. Like, Twitter and Facebook have really helped to tear the fabric of our society. And people who wish to do us harm have leveraged this. Yeah, it's weaponized. Advantage. The Again, Russians weaponized. Weaponized. And the president. He doesn't care. No, as long as it care. accrues to his advantage. I mean, which it does. It's absolutely because it appeals to the lowest common denominator, it's, and he is the lowest common it's denominator. Fucking frightening in every way, shape, or form. But yeah, I'm. You look. Uh, I'm going to be offline for the better part right. of a week. I'm looking forward to not having to like wake up and look at Twitter. I think the next time we speak, or the next episode, we should talk about what happened to you during that week and contrast it with right. what happened to me that week while I was still right. I'm on guessing Twitter. Because I would love to be off Twitter, but I don't know that I can I'm do guessing it. my blood pressure will go down. I could probably use that myself. <laughs> you should. Honestly, honestly I, I wrote to you yesterday. I'm addicted yeah, to Yeah, no, this. no. I mean, it's the same thing. Well, and there's something, there is like, there is like a crack aspect of it because you take a hit of it and then you see people liking or people, you know, retweeting. Like I had it. And then there's, and so there's a certain high you get out of it. I tweeted something 
when I was in the Middle East uh, a few weeks ago, I was on a flight from Dammam in the eastern province of Saudi Arabia to Abu Dhabi, and you, because there's this, blo- essentially this blockade of Qatar, you, the, the flight path basically, instead of going over Qatar, it kind of skirts Qatari airspace. And on the moving map on the plane, I mean, this is all the like forty-minute flight. They didn't say, didn't it identified Bahrain, it identified Saudi Arabia, it identified the United Arab Emirates, but we were skirting Qatari airspace, and there was the landmass that was Qatar. It didn't say Qatar, so I took a picture of it. When we landed, I said. Qatar getting the Israel treatment from Etihad Airways. Yeah. I thought this was the greatest tweet ever. Got maybe like three likes and three retweets. And I was kind of bummed out about it. Then, yeah. just before we did the show, I tweeted my, my friend John, my buddy who lives out in the Bay Area. I stayed with him when I was on the West Coast. He and his wife have been traveling, and his pet peeve is people walking around FaceTiming, Skyping, or just on a regular phone, screaming into their phones rather than with the headphones on. You right. see this all over. He said, we have to put a stop to this skirt. So I tweeted, dear humans, please use headphones. And it is, uh, it, and like lots of people are retweeting. I'm like, ah, that's great. That's awesome, whatever. And you get a little bit of a, a high out of it. And it, it, there is something right. addictive about it. But... So, so we have to figure out how to recapture, how we can maintain that high without, again, this is like a drug, right? This is a (laughs) drug because how can you enjoy getting high without getting addicted to being high and realizing (coughs) that you're causing, potentially, think about all these people. You're causing, hold on, hold on. You're causing potentially irreparable damage to your body. By getting high like this into your brain, right. rather. I'm serious. Right? I, so, so what can we do? Uh, I don't know. We got to do something what because, can we do? and it's pathetic. Every time I'm on, I, I'm on Twitter. It's like all these people. It seems to me are on Twitter 24 hours a day. Like there's, exactly. they're like they're like strung out heroin addicts who are up nonstop taking a hit yeah, of Twitter. Just, Give me one more hit. Give me one more hit. Let me be snarky one more time. It's fucking terrible. One more like. Give me a like, baby. One more like. Hard that, baby. I'll do anything. I'll do anything. It's demented. So that's a good idea. You know, when I come back, and I will have been off Twitter. You're probably going to be like, your looks five years (laughs) old. You'll feel healthier. You'll have like, oh, I sleep three hours every night now, and I wake up totally refreshed the next day, and now I'm so I'm super productive, and my brain is started functioning again, and I can think for more than thirty seconds consecutively about the same subject. Boy, that would be something. Wouldn't that be awesome? I would I, I would love to be able to think for more than thirty seconds consecutively about the same subject. What's that like? <laughs> oh, excuse me. Quick, let me check Twitter. Yeah, yeah it's going to yeah. be cool. I'm glad I'm glad I'm going to be offline. Wow. I think we need to, you know, just like we quit the NFL. Yeah. Right? We're going to quit Twitter at some point. Yeah, I'm so psyched cool. for that day. But this will be a good experiment this next week. Well, no. When you get off, when you get home, see how long you can go without checking it. I mean, so after Start. I come back? Let's see how you feel when you come back. Right. Okay, so you when I'm back in range, when I'm back in range, when I have service. Don't check. Don't check. Yeah. Don't okay. check. 
All right. So I will not Let's check from the moment yeah. I leave tomorrow. Yeah. Until I go back to the office. Right. Well, let's just wait. Let's not even put a target. All right. Let's see how long. Wait. How about this? Let's see how long I can go without getting on Twitter. And we'll have to enlist Lauren on this because she's going to be with me. But if you start to really feel better. Yeah. I may just quit. I'm just, I may like never go back on it. There are people who've done that. I know. Maybe we're going to be those people. We'll start a trend. No Twitter. Hashtag no Twitter. Oh, wait, how we get the message out? Ooh, that, you know what? That's such a good <laughs> We need something else. I'm we need the un-Twitter. I was thinking about this yesterday when I'm like, okay, if we quit Twitter and Facebook, how would we get out the Ahmed Corner into oh, the world? Shit. How would people know about it? This is a problem. I'll have to think so about this while I'm not on Twitter. Exactly. Your brain capacity is going to expand so much. While you continue to be Twitter addled. And that you will be able to come up with a solution for how <laughs> we can disseminate our work without social media. Oh, my God. All right. All right. You think about that. And All right. Then, on that note, wishing everybody a I very happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. And. Word. And then wish Stephen luck as he's no longer. I'm not going to be on Twitter. All, All right. right. Let's see how this works. We're out. We're out. Later. Later.